Well, thank you, Kelly and daughters, Brittany and Jessica, for that beautiful song today. It is well with my soul, and I, I trust it is well with your soul today. And uh, if you came in this morning a little burdened, a little down, I pray that gathering together to worship and now joining and together feeding on God's Word, you'll be able to leave this parking lot this morning, or if you're online, you'll be able to leave whatever room you're watching the service in and be able to confidently say through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is well with my soul. Well, one thing I have to say is usually I thought the later service it would be warmer, but that breeze that's picked up, it's chilly. So if I start to... Uh, stutter during the second service because I'm cold. But uh, anyway, what a beautiful day God has given to us and uh, happy mothers to you moms again. Well, this morning I want us to take a look at something we all need and we all appreciate when we receive it. And it's something we all need to get better at giving more of and that is encouragement. Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians tells the believers to encourage one another and build each other up. And that's the burden that God placed on my heart for today's Mother's Day sermon was the whole theme of encouragement. Because I have no doubt that if we were to conduct a survey this morning and the question was, if you have recently felt any or all of the following, please answer yes. Overwhelmed, burnt out, anxious, or possibly even felt a lack of spiritual motivation. I believe the result would be if we did that survey, an overwhelmingly yes from the majority of us, and in particular, from you moms, who in the past year, on top of your regular responsibilities, both inside and outside the home, for some of you, you have may, who work outside the home, you've probably had to adjust to working back in the home. Then there's having your husband work from home and all that comes with that. Extra books lying around. The dining room table has laptops on it now. Very different than what you used to. And then on top of that, all the kids are doing their school from home as well. I want you to listen to the titles of a few articles I looked up this week regarding this exact issue of the stress on moms. Article number one said, this is too much. Working moms are reaching the breaking point. Pandemic parenting, the burnt out crisis has reached a tipping point. Another article was titled, Mental Load. Coronavirus pandemic means moms take on more. I feel like I have five jobs. You see, moms are not okay. Pandemic triples anxiety and depression symptoms in mothers was another title of an article that I looked up. And more than likely, many of you moms here in the lot today and those of you online can relate to the picture these titles are painting. So how do we keep it together when our circumstances become overwhelming? And moms, even though today I want to make sure and honor you, I want to encourage you, and I want God's Word to build you up, I trust the encouragement that we're going to look at together today from an inmate, yes, an inmate to a friend on the outside, will be helpful not just to you moms, but it'd be helpful to all of us who would say, yes, you know what, Pastor Calvin, recently I have felt overwhelmed. I have felt burnt out, anxious, and I've even lacked spiritual motivation. So if you have access to the Bible, we're going to turn to 2 Timothy, and we're going to be reading the first seven verses of chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. This is what the Word of God says. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Here we have the Apostle Paul, an inmate having been arrested as part of the ongoing persecution against Christians under Emperor Nero. In a cold, dark, overcrowded Roman cell, somewhere below the ground. And in chapter 2, verse 9, it even records he was chained like a criminal. Now we know that this was not the first time Paul had been imprisoned by Roman officials, but unlike his previous detentions, Paul had little hope that this time he would be released. You can read about that in chapter 4, verse 6 and 8, where he said, I believe my time is near. And at least when he was under stay-at-home orders, he had the opportunity to still interact with people and minister to them. You can read about that in Acts chapter 28. But things were very different this time. Because of the fear of persecution, all those who were once so close to him had vanished. They had disappeared, except for Luke. Clearly, this was, for Paul, a dark hour. And he had every reason to feel overwhelmed, burnt out, anxious, and possibly even spiritually discouraged. Yet what do we find him doing in that cold cell chained like a criminal? He was encouraging and building up one of his dearest friends, Timothy, his son in the faith his faithful co-laborer in the gospel, who at that time was actually pastoring the church in Ephesus. And here Paul is, in spite of his own difficult circumstances, he chose to focus his energy on encouraging and building up Timothy so that Timothy would remain faithful and not become overwhelmed under the pressures of leading the church in Ephesus, where Timothy was constantly battling for the truth, which was under attack by false teachers. Coupled along with that was the rising threat of persecution against Christians in general. You see, Paul understood that a spiritually healthy Timothy would be essential to Timothy carrying on the work of the gospel and giving leadership to the churches in Paul's absence. And the same is true for you and I today. If we are going to be effective as the salt of the earth, which we learned last week, and as the light of the world, we are going to need to keep an eye out for each other. And we are going to need to intentionally encourage one another to stay spiritually healthy. Just as we are admonished to in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Listen to what the Word of God says. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Isn't that good news? God is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So how exactly did Paul encourage and build up Timothy? Well, in his encouragement that he gave Timothy, I notice four reminders that he gives Timothy. In today's terms, we would say that Paul sent Timothy four notifications. 
I recently uh, got an update, uh, an upgrade in my phone. And I'm not the most tech-savvy person, so of course I handed it to my kids and I said, I need you to set up my phone for me. And they did a great job of it. But the first day I had it in my pocket, it sounded like a pinball machine was going off in my pocket. There was more bings and noises and it sounded like crickets were in my pocket because they had left the alert for the no notifications on. So of course the next day I learned how to shut off the noises that go with the notifications. But I didn't shut off the notifications because notifications are important. They're there to remind us of something very important. And even though Paul was addressing Timothy's specific situation as a pastor, the encouraging notifications he gave Timothy remain helpful for us today in whatever overwhelming situation you may find yourself in. So here's the four encouraging notifications I want to share with you this morning. The first notification that Paul gave Timothy in his encouragement was, number one, Timothy, you are not alone. You are not alone. Have you ever been in the midst of overwhelming circumstances where it just feels like you are all on your own? That's because one of our natural tendencies when we become consumed with our circumstances, we quickly forget. And notice how Paul, carried along by the Holy Spirit, was very careful. He was very intentional with the words he used in greeting his friend Timothy. Look at verse 2. To Timothy, he says, my dear son. That can also be translated, my beloved son. That's the same term of endearment that God the Father referred to when he was speaking to Christ at his baptism and at his transfiguration. My beloved son. Paul wanted his friend in the midst of escalating circumstances to remember that he was not alone and that he was dearly loved. He was prized and thought of. But not only that, notice he also wanted Timothy to know that he desired God's best for him evidenced by the blessing he extended. Listen, if you are here today in the lot or if you're at home and you feel overwhelmed, receive this blessing from God's word this morning. At the end of verse two, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that amazing? Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Those circumstances did not allow these two close friends to be together. Paul wanted to assure Timothy that out of sign, out of sight did not mean out of mind. Look at in verse 3. Timothy, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Wow, what an encouragement Paul's words must have been to Timothy. To know that in the midst of all that he was facing, he was not going through it alone, even though he probably felt like he was. All along, God had been prompting Paul Timothy's spiritual father, his mentor, to be, pre to be praying for him. And because Paul knew Timothy so well, having spent so much time with him, he would have known how to specifically pray for Timothy with compassion, concern, and a real burden in his heart. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I sure have. What a blessing it is when you're feeling overwhelmed and you get a phone call or you get an email or you get a text from a friend who just wanted to let you know that they felt led to petition God on your behalf. That just feels so good to your soul. I was recently talking with Phil Gibson and he was telling me about an 89-year-old friend of uh, Phil and Linda's who lives down in Texas. Her name is Marilyn. And uh, Marilyn's 89 years old, and even within the last two years before COVID, she was still going on mission trips with Phil and Linda Gibson. 
And she obviously became aware of uh, Linda's home going to the Lord earlier in the year. And Phil was telling me every now and then he will just go home and on his voicemail will be a message from Marilyn. And Marilyn will just share with uh, Phil specifically how God has prompted her heart to pray for Phil in the situation that he's in. And as a new uh, widower, he said to me, Calvin, you don't know how encouraging that is when I go home and someone has been praying for me. God prompted them to pray for me. What an encouragement that is. So although at times it may feel like you're journeying alone, never underestimate the work of God that he is doing on your behalf by prompting others to uphold you in prayer. We are reminded in James 5.16, that the energetic, passionate prayers of godly people have the power to accomplish much. So the next time God brings someone to your mind to pray for, follow Paul's example. Don't just pray for them, but let them know that you have prayed for them. Because knowing that God was rallying people around an individual to pray for them can be so encouraging when they are feeling overwhelmed. I like what one author said. I can think of few affirmations more meaningful than a person taking the needs of another before the throne of grace. So moms, if you're feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, anxious, maybe even spiritually discouraged, God through his word this morning is sending you a notification. You are not alone. God has promised he will never leave you or forsake you. He will extend his grace, his mercy, and his peace to you. And he has placed you in a family where he is prompting others to uphold you in prayer, even though you are not aware of that. So be encouraged. You are not alone. Remind yourself of that and also remind others who are going through seasons where they feel overwhelmed. The second notification I see Paul sent Timothy through his encouragement is, Timothy, you have the gift. Take a look with me at verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. What a beautiful verse of the power and the impact of godly grandmothers and mothers on the next generation. You see, when we are overwhelmed, not only do we tend to think we are alone, but we also neglect to appreciate the gift we have been given, listen closely, which our circumstances can never touch. And that is the gift of saving faith. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 reminds us, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by work so that no one can boast. Moms, you must not lose sight of or forget to treasure the gift of saving faith, which placed in Jesus Christ allows you to be in relationship with Almighty God. Wow, that's incredible. And if you're feeling overwhelmed this morning, I would encourage you, pray Psalms 51.12. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I remember when Jen and I were attending Trinity Western University in the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. On clear days, you would walk outside and have a spectacular view of the beautiful snow-covered Mount Baker that was standing at an impressive 10,780 feet tall across the border in Washington State. You would simply step out of your dorm room and its beauty of, of Mount Baker would just grab your attention. 
Now, unfortunately, though with the amount of rain and low-lying clouds and the fog that are common in the greater Vancouver area, it was possible to go several days and never see Mount Baker. And during those days, it was actually easy to forget that it was even there. But then that next sunny day would come and you would step outside and once again be in awe of the beauty of Mount Baker. And so in the midst of all the fog surrounding the pressures Timothy was facing, Paul did not want his friend to forget or doubt what was within him. Look what he says at the end of verse 5. Timothy, I am persuaded now lives in you, referring to the sincere faith that was in his grandmother and that was also in his mom. Has the enemy ever tempted you to doubt your faith when feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, anxious, or spiritually discouraged? If so, God is sending you an encouraging notification today through Paul's letter to Timothy. You have the gift. Treasure what has been deposited in you by God's grace, the gift of saving faith. And if you have genuinely received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but find yourself in the circumstances you're facing, doubting whether you really have that faith, take comfort in the assurance of Jesus' words to you this morning in John chapter 6, verse 37 to 40. Listen closely to Jesus' words. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that anyone who looks to the Son and believes in him, through that gift of faith that God has given you, whoever believes in him shall have eternal life, And I will raise them up at the last day. So saved moms, if you're in the parking lot this morning, whether you're online and you have been saved by God's grace, be encouraged. You have the gift. Treasure it and affirm it when you see it in others. You are not alone. You have the gift. And so after encouraging Timothy that he's not alone and affirming him in his faith, Paul takes the opportunity then to inspire him in verse 6. Read with me. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The third notification I noticed from Paul's encouragement is Timothy, keep stoking the fire. Keep stoking the fire. The gift of God Paul is referring to here in verse 6 is not the gift of faith necessary for salvation, which we just discussed, but rather it's the spiritual gift which Timothy had been empowered with by the Holy Spirit to serve God and to serve others. And here was Paul's concern. Paul's concern for Timothy was that he would allow the mounting pressure from those within the church who did not appreciate his leadership, the ongoing battles with false teachers, and the increasing threat of persecution from the world around him to discourage Timothy to the point where he would lack the spiritual motivation and the spiritual zeal to continue to effectively use his gifts of preaching, teaching, and evangelism. I don't know if you've experienced this, but often there can grow within us a lack of spiritual enthusiasm when our circumstances start producing frustration and exhaustion instead of inspiration. And this frustration and exhaustion that can grow within us can happen in many different contexts. It can take place in our workplaces. It can occur in our marriages. 
It can occur in our role as parents. And sadly enough, it even occurs within the church. Every year, there are pastors who walk away from their work because the joys of ministry are overshadowed by the pressures and the difficulties. You see, this type of weariness, which can lead to a lack of spiritual zeal, is something most of us have, and if we haven't, we'll struggle with at some point in our life. And that is why Paul wanted to guard Timothy from reaching that point of walking away. So he spurs him on. Timothy, fan into flame. The New American Standard Bible translation says, Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. If you spend any time around a campfire, you can picture exactly what Paul is saying here when he says, Fan into flame or kindle afresh. You see, every spring when Jen and I and the family head up north to make maple syrup, I'm reminded of just how critical fanning into flame the fire is. Each day around 11 p.m., I create this roaring fire for the last time that day. And then I lower the big cast iron cauldron filled with hot sap down onto the fire to keep boiling overnight while I go get some sleep. When I get up at 6 a.m. the next morning, The sap is no longer boiling, and that roaring fire has burned down to a bed of gray coals. But experience has taught me that under the seemingly dead bed of coals, there is still the potential for that fire to be reignited. All it's going to take is some stirring up of the coals, and before long you have this bed of simmering orange coals which you can then place a row of cedar kindling pieces on top and it's not long before you start to hear the snapping and the crackling of the fire as it is reignited afresh and becomes useful again to boil down the sap so that you can end up with sweet maple syrup. But I want you to notice that fanning into flame of the fire, that kindling afresh of the fire does not happen on its own. It takes someone to stoke and kindle afresh the fire so that it remains effective. So likewise, whenever we find ourselves lacking spiritual motivation because of the circumstances around us, whether that be because you're overwhelmed, you feel burnt out or anxious, we need to be intentional through the power of the Holy Spirit to fan into flame and to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in us. And the motivation and power to do this comes from the Holy Spirit. But it is our responsibility to respond to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit by making the right decisions and taking the right actions. You see, Paul's notification to Timothy was, Timothy, keep stoking the fire. Remain faithful to use the gifts God has given you to serve him and others, even in the midst of your difficult circumstances. Because here's why. When we exercise our giftedness in order to serve God and others, it automatically takes the focus off of our own situation and off of our own circumstances that are holding us back from being effective as salt and light. So may I, along with Paul, encourage you this morning, moms, intentionally find creative ways to keep exercising your gifts. Keep finding ways to fan into flame, to kindle afresh the gifts that God has given you. So Timothy, in spite of the escalating threat of Roman persecution, in spite of those in your church who don't appreciate your leadership and the ongoing assaults from false teachers, don't become overwhelmed. Don't get burnt out or become so anxious that you are spiritually ineffective. Because 
Timothy, and look at verse 7. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The fourth notification I notice from this verse is, Timothy, live by the spirit. You are not alone. You have the gift. Keep stoking the fire and live by the spirit. You see, although feeling timid, and we've all felt this, although being fearful and we tend to shy away, although those are common responses when feeling overwhelmed, we we need to remember, as Paul was encouraging Timothy, fear, timidity, shying away, those do not come from God. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid. It originates, unfortunately, from within ourselves and is often a good indicator that we are probably relying and trusting in our own strength and in our own wisdom to get through whatever the overwhelming situation we are facing. And here we are encouraged by Paul, live by the Spirit who gives power, who gives love and self-discipline to us in the midst of our situation. This trio of power, love, and self-discipline form an impressive and effective counterforce to timidity and must be exercised in our lives. So let's just take a quick look at these three as we close up this morning. He gives us power. What, what is this power? This is the supernatural ability through the Holy Spirit of God to do the will of God. It is the power that enables us to effectively serve God and others even in the midst of difficult circumstances. It also enables us to overcome our fears, anxiety, and our weaknesses. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of fears. I have a lot of anxieties, and I know I have a lot of weaknesses, but thank God He has given us a spirit that gives us power to overcome those so that we can move forward, not with timidity, not with fear and and a sense of shyness, but with enthusiasm. And if for any reason you are not convinced or I'm not convinced in our minds and in our hearts about the quality of the power the Spirit gives us, listen to what Paul said to the believers in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now listen carefully. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That is power. That is power. And we remind each other of the quality of this power every time we sing that chorus. Mighty Savior, lifted high, King forever, Jesus Christ, crowned in glory, raised to life, the same power lives in in us. The Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but He gives us power. But not only power, He gives us love. What kind of love? This is the distinct Christian brand of love, which begins with a decision and then is followed up by behavior that is unselfish and always seeks the highest and greatest good of others. That kind of love is the love that Jesus modeled for us. Listen to how it is described in Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. So there's that decision. The distinct part of Christian love is it starts with a decision. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, followed up by unselfish behavior, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And then always thinking of the, the uh, highest good of others, what did he do? He was obedient to death, even death on the cross. This kind of love is the love that enables us in the midst of overwhelming circumstances to center on pleasing God and serving others, seeking the welfare of others, even before our own. And is this not what Paul exhibited through the power of the Holy Spirit when he was encouraging Timothy? He displayed true Christian love. Even though he was in a cell, chained like a criminal, he had true Christian love, energized by the Spirit, which enabled him to encourage and to build up a brother, even though he himself was facing overwhelming circumstances. Power, love. And what is the final thing the Spirit of God gives us? Self-discipline. Being of sound mind. Demonstrating a rational manner of thinking and behaving that reflects the orderly mind of God. It's that ability, even in the midst of overwhelming circumstances through the Spirit to see the world from God's perspective, even when everything in the world around you seems chaotic. This gift of self-discipline is the opposite of what it means to be timid and to be fearful. And when you are timid and fearful and, and that is left unchecked in your life, it can cause a lot of disorder and confusion. Look at our world. So much confusion. So much disorder. Why? Because people are living timid lives. They're living fearful lives because they don't have the Spirit in them. Because the Spirit who lives in us makes us have a sound mind. That is why daily reflecting on the sovereign nature and perfect purposes of our eternal God will greatly help us to be people who can have a sound mind, people who are able to display a calm confidence even in the midst of overwhelming situations. You see, Timothy did not need any new spiritual ingredients in his life to persevere and to remain spiritually effective as the pastor in Ephesus with overwhelming circumstances. All he had to do was kindle afresh, stir up what he had already been given. And God used Paul to encourage Timothy in the midst of feeling overwhelmed with these four notifications. That moms, whether you're in the lot today or you're joining us online, I pray have been an encouragement to you today. When you feel overwhelmed, remember, you are not alone. Remind yourself of that and remind others of that. You have the gift. Treasure the gift of saving faith that has been given to you. And also not only treasure it, but also affirm it in others when you see it in them. Keep stoking the fire. Be intentional. Find creative ways to exercise your gifts. This has probably been one of the hardest things for believers to do during the season of the pandemic. Because the gifts have been given to us as individuals to strengthen the body. But the body isn't meeting in the building right now. But let me remind you, the building is closed, but the church is alive and still functioning. And so find creative ways, even though we're not meeting in the building, 
to still use the gifts that God has given you to serve him and to serve others. And then finally, the fourth notification, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Run on his fuel. Grace, mercy, power, love, and self-discipline, and peace, all available to us from the Father, through the Spirit, in the midst of overwhelming circumstances. Focus on those things today. Grace, mercy, peace, power, love, and a sound mind, all available to me from the Father, through the Spirit. What more do we need to persevere and to remain spiritually effective, even in the midst of a pandemic? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your encouraging word to us today. Thank you so much for prompting Paul and guiding him to encourage Timothy and the things that we can learn from that that are so helpful for us today. Thank you for reminding us of these four notifications today. We love you. Thank you that you are a good father. And because of the gift of faith and and the gift of Jesus Christ who we can place our faith in, we can be in relationship with Almighty God. Wow, that is so encouraging. God, I ask your blessing upon every mom today, the ones that are here in the lots, the ones that are online joining us. Father, I just pray that these encouraging notifications from an inmate to a friend on the outside will just strengthen them today and be of great encouragement to them. We love you and we commit the rest of this day to you. May everything that we say, think, and do bring glory and honor to your name. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.